3: Or with Leah Murray and Greg Scordis. Welcome back. We have with us Patrick Hedger, who is the executive director of the Taxpayers Protection Alliance. Patrick, welcome to the show.
0: Hey, thank you for having me.
3: So here's the thing, Patrick. I just feel like I thought we'd stop talking about earmarks. Like, I thought we solved that problem 10 years ago. Can you tell us what is going on? Like, why are we talking about it again?
0: Yeah, so we sort of did solve that problem. When Republicans last had control of Congress, they swore off the practice of earmarks. Of course, Democrats retook control of Congress and brought the brought earmarks back largely. Um, and now that Republicans have control of the House of Representatives, they just voted on their rules for the next Congress yesterday. And unfortunately, by a two-to-one vote, the um, House Republicans decided to, bring, to, to keep the Democrats' Uh, earmarks process in place. So earmarks are, are once again going to be a thing. We're going to be hearing in the news about the, the $50 million for indoor rainforests in Iowa and half a million dollars for teapot museums in North Carolina. Um, all of that is about to come roaring back.
3: I love those two examples, and I'm going to watch for those in the news, Patrick. So, But tell me, actually, curse me, I should have set this up better. Can you tell us what an earmark is for our listeners who don't know?
0: Yeah, so earmarks or pork barrel spending, they're sort of interchangeable terms. And these are little line items of funding uh, that are used essentially, for lack of a better term, to bribe members of Congress to get their votes. Um, It's a really easy way for members of Congress to say, hey, look at this thing I had funded back in the district that created X amount of jobs um, in exchange for me voting on something I might not otherwise vote for. Um, and so it's, you know, the, the, the devil's advocate argument, if you will, for earmarks is that they grease the skids to allow Congress to actually do their job. But look, members of Congress shouldn't need an incentive to do their job. And frankly, even with Democrats having earmarks in, in place, um, the job that Congress has been doing has already been spending too much money. So the idea that we need to grease the skids to spend any more money is just ridiculous.
2: Patrick maybe I don't understand how this process works but how is it that that a, a, any part of congress whether the Republican or democrats can eliminate earmarks isn't it just seems like that's part of the process you can you can actually say we're not going to have earmarks going forward on our bills
0: yeah so the the the, the house republicans or democrats or whoever controls the various chambers can vote on what the parameters of legislation they're going to support will be. And look, yes, even when Republicans said they weren't going to be doing earmarks anymore in a previous Congress, you know, some sneak in here and there. Um, but in in total, it's a, it's still a great, they were able to greatly reduce the practice. Um, and so now we're going to see sort of earmarks unrestrained. Um, you, you know, you, you would have the sneaky earmarks before, and now you're just going to have the sneaky and the shameless earmarks as well.
2: That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again.
0: You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com
3: or wherever you get your podcasts. I love that. Sneaky and shameless. So can you tell me what happened, Patrick, to the Republican Party that I feel like used to actually care about, I don't know, not having huge deficits, not having huge debts. And I think, like, part of the reason we were solving earmarks was to try to address those budgetary practices. Why? Look, what's going on?
0: Yeah. So I'm, I want to give credit. You know, I think some folks voted for the reinstatement of earmarks for the right reasons. But I think they're misguided in that vote. There are there are you know, there is evidence that, you know, again, uh, Allowing for earmarks does allow for the more easy passage of legislation, right? Because you have to clear certain thresholds in both chambers to be able to actually pass these bills. Um, and so sometimes, especially with narrow majorities like we're going to see in this Congress, um, you need every vote counts. Um, but the problem is, is that I, we haven't used this earmarks process to ever reduce spending, to rein in the size of government, right? I could look the other way on certain year, uh, a million-dollar earmark if it meant a $100 billion cut somewhere else, but that never seems to happen. All we seem to be doing is spending more and more and more. And, and when Democrats put earmarks back in place uh, you know, several years ago, let's look at the spending explosion that we've seen over the last few years. We're rivaling World War II levels of spending in terms of size, the size of our economy. So all it does is greatly increase federal outlays. And, look, folks will say, look, an earmark doesn't cost that much in the grand scheme of things. A million dollars here, a million dollars there is nothing on the scale of the federal budget. But the problem is, is if you leave a bucket out in, the, out in the rain long enough, those little drops in the bucket eventually fill the bucket. And that's how we got to this situation where we have $31 trillion of debt.
2: And Patrick, I'm looking at a study that shows that the 117th Congress, the one that just wrapped up, included 4,963 earmarks worth a total of $9.1 billion. So when you talk about unrestrained spending, I mean, these are significant numbers, aren't they?
0: Yeah, yeah. When you start getting up into the the billions, you're you're then talking about real money on the federal scale. Um, And again, you, you compound that over the years. Um, That adds up to a lot. And, and look, it's not just the spending that's a problem. Some of these earmarks are for corrupt purposes. You have earmarks that go out to subsidize businesses that may have connections to members of Congress, Um, and and you, you see lots of manipulation of the marketplace which regardless of the cost of that, that's a really harmful thing to do to the economy. It's a harmful thing to do to entrepreneurship and markets to be picking winners and losers through earmarks and different subsidies. So there's, there's all sorts of nasty ripple effects that go unreported uh, from some of these earmarks that it's just, it's just not the right practice, especially at a time when we have record inflation and it's proven that, you know, the. It, greasing the skids has not allowed for a reduction in the size of the federal government. It just continues to grow it larger and larger.
3: Okay, Patrick. So I am a fan of Congress. Kind of, I watch what they do. I pay attention. Um, I need you to tell me what are the odds right, that what are the odds that Congress could get this under control? So, I mean, earmarks is one piece, but I just feel like you know, the way that they handle budgeting is very problematic across the board. And I feel like it's not just earmarks. Aren't there other things that they could be doing to get, get control and when they're focusing on what they're talking about with this spending?
0: Yeah, so uh, the simplest way to put it is that for the better part of the last decade, Congress has actually not been going through the normal budgeting process of setting appropriations and then allocating the funds according to those budgets. We just have been having these suspensions of rules and continuing resolutions and suspensions of the debt limit all of these things to sort of kick the can down the road because so many people are 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 um you know, both sides are really you know they're they're in their respective trenches and nobody's kind of budging and, and democrats and republicans as well have both been big spenders have been subsidized by record low interest rates over the last few years it's been very effective for the been very affordable for the federal government to borrow relative to raising taxes over the last few years but now we have interest rates that are adjusting to historical norms and the cost of just servicing our debt now is is rivaling that on an annual basis of our military budget that's a significant problem um so something has to give i think with divided government we're probably right now going to see more of those continuing resolutions and a lack of agreement um but that may rein in uh, any sort of new spending explosion like we saw with unified government under the Democrats in the last two years.
2: Patrick, when the Republicans uh, took over the majority of the House in 2010, they, they did away with earmarks. And then the Democrats come back uh, reinstating that 10 years later. Why is it now, and maybe you've answered this a little bit, that Republicans being back in control, they can't get that back on the table?
0: Yeah, I think it's I think that in this particular Congress, uh, it's a product of the fact that the majority is so narrow and every vote is going to be necessary to actually pass legislation. So they don't want to leave any tools on the table. Um, but I still I think, you know, that's sort of giving them the benefit of the doubt here. Um, and so that I, I think it, we, with a larger majority and with uh, a control of the Senate, Republicans may have been able to do something about earmarks. Um, but. Not taking a principled stand now doesn't offer that electoral alternative in two years. Just being just being Democrats' light on spending uh, is not really giving voters much of an alternative. Um, so they, they, what they ought to be doing is making the principled stand now to make the case for why um, rep- people should vote re- for Republicans at a greater propensity than they did, as we saw last month.
3: Patrick Hedger, the executive director of the Taxpayers Protection Alliance, thank you so much for being on our show.
2: Thank you for having me. It's fun to have a guest that doesn't pull any punches. Right and knows <laughs> what he's talking about. That, that was fabulous.
3: <laughs> Coming up after the break, what is going on with all these recent layoffs? Like driving in this morning I heard DoorDash is gonna let all a lot of their people go, like six percent of their employees. Should people be worried about it? Should they take it as a step for a new opportunity? We'll talk about it after the break.